Hello and welcome to the Right Club podcast. I'm here today with Laurel Simmons, one of the co-founders from the Right Club, and I'm Catherine Nelson-Riley. Today we have the unstoppable Tracy. Tracy was born with no hands, no legs to above her knee. And this woman, she is unstoppable all the way along. It's awesome. She has, her phrase is no excuses, no limits. She too is a real estate investor and she brings some comparatives and also some really great tips as to how to overcome some challenges uh, as we are here. So Laurel, what are you looking forward to? Well, you know, in this interview, I think what strikes me with Tracy is that the word no, and you have to listen to the interview to, to find out what she really means by the word no. But the word no that we all hear so often can be used as a catalyst for major change and wonderful things in your life. But you got to listen, right? You got to listen to find out all about our conversation about that word no. To me, that was the foundation. And then, you know, there's so much other great stuff that she talked about. And for real estate investors and for anyone who is dealing with challenges or issues or whatever you want to call it, this is a really inspirational interview. So, hey, shall we go visit or listen to the podcast? Absolutely. Let's get, let's get to it. But before we do, hey, everybody, when you're listening to our podcast and you're on your favorite channel that you do listen to your podcast, how about if you reach out and we'd really appreciate it if you'd reach out and give us a little bit of podcast love. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast. It's great to have you here. And it's been, my goodness, it's been, well, you know, pre, the pre-C word, right? Before the last time we saw you. I don't even like saying the word anymore. I just don't want to say it. No. But we saw you in person at an event in Burlington, and it was great to have you on stage. And now you're here with us on our podcast. So it's great. Let's get right into it. Uh, Laurel. You know, as real estate investors, we hear the word no all the time, right? That's just part of our lives as real estate investors. I mean, if, I, if you don't hear a word no, then probably you're not stretching enough. You know, you're probably not going for big dreams and big goals because no is a word that will push us forward. However, it's often hard to hear the word no, isn't it? Because I know that uh, you know about this. So tell us how you have dealt with the word no. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you first that it is so magical to be here with the right club and fellow kindred spirits. I remember the people in your audience that day are such driven and compassionate and authentic souls, loving, loving community. So I am proud to be here on your podcast today. And yes, even with the most positive intentions and driven soul, we're told no. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was told, no, you can't ski and no, you can't sail and no, you can't scuba dive. No, you can't fly airplanes. No, you can't jump out of airplanes. You know, 
I've certainly, and as you know, I do all those things. And so, so what do you do when you get these big no's? And it's, it, you, as you said, that big, horrific C word and all the horrific C words that come with it. And what's going on for people right now is really tough. And, you know, what I do in those moments when I'm faced with like a big no, like just today I went to Tim Hortons and I was at the front window and, you know, I had my master's in business and I'm driving a pretty new car. And so I'm like, hello, I would like an extra large steeped tea, please, for milk. And, and I drive up to the second window and I feel like I sound educated. I'm in this dress. I'm presenting professionally and I'm driving a new car. But she's looking at me like, like maybe I don't have enough money to pay or something. I don't know. And I reach out and smile to grab my cup of tea from them. And for those of you just listening and can't see me, I'm missing my hands and I'm missing both of my legs above me. And I, so I'd reach out with my stump and my long arm without a hand to grab the tea. And she just sort of looks at me and she's like, oh, no. Huh. I got to tell you, you know, like maybe I won World Cup sailing with able-bodied men or Oprah magazine, but I felt like she punched me in the gut. You know, it just, it really sideswiped me. And I think it's because of that big C word you said, you know, what's happened this past few years is I feel like I lost a bit of my unstoppable. And where my brain went then first was kind of feeling the feeling. 2023, what the heck, right? And then I remembered this story that I think of every time I'm told no, including this Tim Hortons lady this morning. And I remember my biggest no was at five years old. And, you know, all summer, my mom told me that I get to go to school today. And I was so excited. And we're face to face with the principal at the end of the sidewalk where he had just run down the sidewalk. And in my head, I'm like, oh, how nice he's running down the sidewalk to greet us. And he was like sweating. And when he was face to face with my mom and I, he just looked at me and he said, and he was shaking his head. I'm sorry. She can't go to our school. He was pointing at five-year-old me without my hands within my legs. And I go, oh my gosh. <laughs> We're so long ago and I have a lump in my throat. Because you know, when you remember it, you like, you feel it. I feel like that five-year-old girl all over again. And I can hear it in my head. And you know how, I bet you, you two would be ready to say to that principal, what do you mean? <laughs> Thank you. And I bet your listeners right now are like, what? Right and ready to be a big stand for me because that's who this right club community are. So nobody would be surprised. If my mom got all mama bear, right? Like, what? What do you mean, right? My mom did it. My mom has the kindest eyes and the sweetest voice. And she just looked at that principal eye to eye, really genuine. And with her kind voice and, you know, open arms, she just said, 
How come? And you know, I think she stumbled on it accidentally. She didn't say why. Because why is a trigger word. Why puts people on defense? So, you know, through wonderful accidents, she said, how come? And because the principal wasn't defensive, he explained, he's like, well, because Tracy has no hands, she probably can't tie her shoelaces because she has no legs. She probably can't go to the washroom by herself. And you see, in the 70s, when I was in kindergarten, and I know that's a big surprise, right? You all think I'm younger. <laughs> but in the 70s, you know, children with disabilities went to segregated schools. And so this school had no educational assistant, no ECE, no support worker, no teacher aide. There was one teacher and 30 five-year-old kids that had never even sat in a circle together before, right? First day of school. And so my mom, she said, oh, I understand. And then she counteroffers. She's like, since we're here today, could you please give me one week to try to find a school more suited for Tracy? And if it doesn't work out, you know, I'll, we'll go there on Friday. But since we're here today, can we please just try? And so the principal nods. He's like, okay. One week to find another school. And then again, my mom, eye contact, lovingly shakes hands with him. Thank you so much. And my mom and I, we walk around to the side of the school where the kindergarten kids are let in. And it's right beside the schoolyard where there are hundreds and hundreds of kids playing in the schoolyard. And my mom's big smile of me staying ooh, drops. And then my mom drops to her knees. She's on her knees in front of the whole school. I'm like five years old. I have no idea why my mom is on her knees. And then she does the parental 10 finger grip. You know, the five finger on this forearm and the five finger on your other forearm. And she's holding both of my arms and she's on her knees and she's looking at me super serious, eye to eye. And she says, Tracy, it's really important that you and everybody's included. Nobody left behind, including you. I'm five years old. I have no idea why my mom is so serious. I breathe free of my mom's super grip. I don't know that if I'm not outside at recess, I don't get to stay at that school. So I break free of my mom's super grip. I go to run in the playground and I bump into the principal. The principal had followed my mom and I around to the side of the school and he saw her on her knees and he heard her say, nobody left behind. So now the principal is in love with me and he does not want me to leave on Friday. So fast forward to recess time, he races outside because if I'm outside, I get to stay at that school. 
I wasn't there. He's devastated. What am I going to tell Tracy's mom? He goes inside and he finds my teacher and he asks her, like, what happened? Couldn't Tracy tie her shoelaces? And the kindergarten teacher's all confused. And she says, happily, Tracy was the first one to tie her shoelaces. It's like, what? Well, then how come Tracy wasn't outside? And she said, oh, her little friend couldn't tie her shoelaces. It turns out none of the 30 kids could tie their shoelaces. By the time I tied 30 shoelaces, the Reese's bell had gone off. I learned that day that when the principal said no, it was just that he didn't know K-N-O-W. You know, as a five-year-old, I made it mean instead of that I was, you know, too chubby or that's for boys or I'm too short or I'm too young. You know, all the stories we make up when we're little, I made up that no just means K-N-O-W. The principal just didn't know. And he was a lovely man. We all want to kind of hate him at first. But he was a lovely man. He was always a stand for me forevermore. Like grade one, when the school bus dropped me off at a big snowbank and he wasn't allowed to lift me over. He didn't say no. He said, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. And grade three, when the class went swimming, the principal didn't say no. He said, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Like, so forevermore, he was an incredible ally. And so I learned deeply that day. You know, that all of us are valuable contributors. And, and I think that story really reflects the fact that it's no means no in that instant. And there's so many other things around it, right? So many other things that we don't know, A-N-O-W, and we cannot know until we get into that situation. And I think it also demonstrates that the more you open your, your mind, your heart, your mind, your soul, that the no that we hear, we all here know is simply a way to grow and it's a way to figure out other things just like your principal said well i don't know but we'll figure it out so if you're a real estate investor and you hear no we hear it all no all the time partners banks this that the other thing we hear no so okay maybe I'll there's come. something those people don't know yeah maybe this is not i have to change the environment or the situation or because when we hear a no, I think, like you said, it's really easy to internalize that, right? Yes. It's really easy to internalize. Yes. We're so trained to hear the word no, and that means that we're a bad person or we're not worthy or whatever it is, right? It made sense. No hands, no legs, 30 kids, one teacher. Sometimes yes. we think it makes sense even. But you keep on going. You keep on going. Even though, you know, there's the unknown. There's that feeling of failure or uncertainty, right? Yeah. That's the hard thing to deal with, that feeling of failure. So how do you deal with that? You know, as real estate investors, yes, we often feel that way. And I don't care 
how many properties you bought, how many doors you bought, how many loans you've got. There's yeah. always the point where you're going to feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. I, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm a failure, right? That happens. That's part of the human condition. But we have trained ourselves to think that. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and the given market right now, we could make up stories about that. It feels very realistic. Restriction, like so many things. And I think the other piece is like mom's mind didn't even go to no was an option. She went to how come? And when he gave his rationale, she didn't go to she can tie her shoelaces. She said, she heard him say, even though he said she can't tie her shoelaces, she actually heard the deeper meaning was he was worried about being stuck with me. So her reply was, well, if it doesn't work out, no problem. Can we just try? Like her response was where he was at, you know, so many golden nuggets and feeling uncertain is okay. Like I'm sure my mom's heart dropped right along mine. When she saw my face, I bet. Like you guys, some of you don't even know me. And I feel the compassion and the love in your eyes, Laurel and Catherine, like I was that five-year-old girl again. And so feeling uncertain is okay, right? We get to feel the feelings. The feeling uncertain and not taking action is not okay. And, you know, when I started sailing, because I don't have my legs, I kept falling out of the boat. And, and, you know, so I was wearing a life jacket. I could swim, but you could just imagine a little redhead with pink tails and freckles and no arms and no legs falling out of the boat. That was a little scary for the sailing instructor, but I could swim. I could swim great. And I had a life jacket on and all kids fall out of the boat in sailing. It's part of the lesson. And I knew the parts of the boat and I knew the points of sail, but I failed. And all my able-bodied friends, they all got their level one. It turns out if you can't stay in the boat, you can't get your level one. <laughs> you have to be able to stay in the boat. And I failed, right? And I was but feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. And I feel very lucky to have been born without my hands and legs because I, I learned really early, like feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. Or I would be home alone a lot. And so I just kept climbing back in that boat. And I learned how to balance in the boat without my legs. And I learned to get my head out of the boat and look ahead and read the water. And if there was ripples, I could see, okay, wind's coming. And I could brace myself or I could sail around it. But I learned if I sailed through it, it was fast and I loved the thrill. And that was an advanced study skill. And so the second summer, I got my bronze four. And all my friends, they got their level two. I got my bronze four. And then I got my three, two, one. And so sometimes what we don't realize is we're exactly where we get to be. And if we feel like we're falling out of our boat, if we feel like we're drowning, or if we feel like we're swimming and we're trying to get into that sailing ease, and flow of the boat, but we're in the water swimming and chasing it kind of thing. You know, we're just doing our advanced study backwards. Feeling uncertain is okay. We get to feel the feelings, acknowledge them, but feeling uncertain 
is no excuse for inaction. And often that gives us that leap ahead. We don't absorb really that we're doing the karate kid of learning wax on, wax off. And, the, and it's just jumping us to the advanced learning stage. I, I use that analogy because that's what I did. I was washing and waxing boats for my gold Olympic coach for three months. I was a karate wow. kid of sailing. And I was sleeping in my car for three months, washing and waxing at 5.30 in the morning, his boats, before he finally said, after 90 days, he finally said, come on, let's go sailing. And I can tell you on the 89th day, I felt like, I felt really uncertain. I didn't feel like Magnus was ever going to take me on and coach me. I felt like this is a dead end. I have tried 90 times, but he did it. He did it. And so feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. Get to keep at it and just make it mean, oh, I'm doing my advanced study right now. <laughs> I think what I also hear underneath that is the perseverance. The perseverance keeps popping up when you're talking about, you know, the uncertainty and the unknowns and keeping going and keeping your eye on the goal despite the different turbulent winds. And that's exactly, I mean, it doesn't matter really where you are globally right now, but it's, you know, in coming into the time that we are, there is a lot of uncertainty and unknowns in the world. Well, well, we're focused on the world of real estate and business uh, investing and the business of real estate investing. But for those, like when you found yourself in those situations, well, uh, how do you begin? And people are asking, okay, like we have our goal. We kind of know what it is we want to do, but how do you begin and how to get started and how do you embrace the possibilities with the actual hardcore skill sets that can get you there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You made me think of skiing. You know, we we like so I knew I could ski, right? I'm like, I'm gonna be resilient. I'm gonna be all in. I'm gonna exceed uncertainty. Like my mind was ready, but like I didn't know how I was gonna ski, how I was gonna get started. And so reminded that I'm missing both of my legs above knees. So when we tried my long legs and we got on the ski slope, my knees just collapsed. And when we tried me in a sitting ski for people that are paralyzed, I'm not paralyzed, but we tried me in a sitting ski. And because I don't have my hands, I wasn't able to hold the outriggers strong enough. I wasn't able to control them. So that failed. And so we went inside and we was like, we have no idea how we're going to get me to ski. And I'm in my head. I'm like, I, I can ski. I don't know how, but I can ski. I was there. I embraced the possibility. I can ski. And I was sitting on the bench and remember I was much younger and I look over at my ski instructor and he's got gigantic feet. <laughs> and remember I'm young, my inappropriate head with their gigantic feet. But then I got this light bulb. He's got huge feet. I can put my thighs, my stumps, in his ski boots, they're so big. So that's what we did. We wow. put my thighs, my legs in, in ski boots. I don't have toes, so it didn't really matter, right? We had them in gigantic men's ski boots. And I wiped out again because ski boots are angled. And I was so, because I'm knees to skis, 
right? You guys do like a deck squat with your knees, bending your knees. So I'm knees to skis. So then what we did is we put my thighs in men's ski boots backwards. I have toes. And so I do have a picture, which of course our podcasters can't see, but just imagine, right? Knees to skis with these backwards ski boots. And sometimes we have no idea how am I going to, you know, thrive in this tough market right now. And what we get to do is we get to embrace the possibility, like Catherine said, really powerfully and trust that you will find your backwards boots. But we're not going to find them on a computer. We're not going to find them sitting on a couch at home, right? We get to get out there and we get to, to stumble into these possibilities and you'll find your backwards boots. You exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. And then you embrace possibility, even when you don't know how, and you don't avoid failure. You just embrace that possibility, even if you don't know how. You jump, you get started. I think that that's, you've hit on something that I really believe on. in. I'm not the person who came up with this, but I always say to people, forget the cursed hows. Yes. And I really mean that. How you do something? Who the hell knows how you do it? It doesn't matter. The hows will present themselves. But if you only focus on the how and all you see is the, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do this. I don't know how to do it. You will never get anywhere. It is about understanding that if you understand your why and the what, those will come as long as you keep going, right? And the right. other thing that I picked up on that you were talking about was that when you were talking about the polishing the boat, the sailboat. Yes, right? wax on, wax off. You were in charge of those actions. You're never in charge or in control of what someone else does. Not ever. And I think that's where a lot of real estate investors make the mistake. You cannot be in charge. You cannot control what other people think. No. So by focusing on something that you could control, which was, I don't know, polishing that boat 89 times, 90 yeah. times. Those were performance goals, right? You could take care of that. The outcome that you wanted was, was to be trained how to sail properly. Yeah. You don't control that. All you could do was take care of what you could take care of. And I think we get so caught up in, well, that person, I, you know, I want that person to do that and this person to do that. It doesn't work that way. All no. you can do is take charge, take control of what you do. We just had another podcast about this recently with Nancy Morris, who's a business psychologist. And we talked um, about this. Nice. You know, we always, we tend, not just as real estate investors, but in many aspects of our lives, we tend to give the power to someone else. Yes. You know, Laura, what's so funny is like what I didn't share in the story was like for 89 days in my car, I slept in my car. I was hiding in his boatyard. And so how I face every day is I would look in the mirror and I would say, today's the day madness is going to take me on as a coach, right? He's this gold Olympian. And every day, today's the day madness is going to take me on as a coach. And I wouldn't leave the car. Like by the 89th day, I think I said it like 20 times. I wouldn't leave the car till I actually believed it. I repeated it till I believed it. And then I would go face the day. 
But on the 89th day, I couldn't believe it. I wouldn't get out of the car. I'm like, I had 20 times. And I don't feel like Magnus is ever going to take me on as a coach. And so that day, the only way I could get out of the car was to change it. And what I said to the mirror was, okay, okay, one day, just today's the day, I'm just going to be the best version of me. Because that I can face today. And so, and I got out of the car and I, like, I helped a few people with their boats. And because I'd been there for three months, I knew how the dock worked and I did a bunch of things. And Magnus saw me helping all these people. And Magnus finally got present to, oh, she knows how to sail, you know? And it's so funny that you say that, Laurel, because that's exactly what happened when I, for 89 days, I focused on what I couldn't control, which was Magnus. And on the 90th day, the reason he turned around was exactly what you said, because I chose to focus on what I could focus on. And I did my best waxing and washing the boats, but it took not just the doing, but the believing, right? Our way of being. It was the doing, washing and waxing the boats, but also my being, who I was in my head as well. I love that, Laurel. It's making me present to that part of why it worked. How come it worked after three months? And we never know. We never really know. Again, it's just coming back to do what you do best. Present yourself. Get out there. Like you said, don't sit on the couch. Don't sit in front of your computer. And computers are great. Lots of information. But you yeah. can't do anything oh. with information if you just look at it. Information. A lot of people say, you know, that knowledge is power. Well, that's really not true. Knowledge is power only if it's coupled with action, right? Yes. It's, you can yes. know everything. Doesn't matter. If you don't oh. do anything. You don't yes. Do if you don't have a have performance goals and outcome goals and you know what you want to do. So for real estate investors, this is like, this is goal. This is what makes real estate investors and anyone else in business. I don't, or life doesn't matter. So it makes people successful. However we define success, right? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it's time for the lightning round question. Oh, Here we okay. go. So these are easy questions. We ask all our guests four questions. Catherine, you're up first. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. So if you could tell your 18-year-old self something, Tracy, what would it be? I'd like to be all mysterious and but what I would love to tell my 18-year-old self is that there is Paralympic sailing. I didn't know that it existed. So I joined it later in the game. So I would love to tell my 18-year-old self that it exists and to get the attention of people like Magnus 20 years younger. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay, here's another one. 
what do you do for fun? Just pure fun. And you're not going to believe it, but sailing, right? (laughs) I haven't, I had, I didn't get to sail all of the past two, three years. And I, I got back to it last summer and I was reminded how much I absolutely love it. I mean, I love swimming all winter. I love skiing. I love art. I love painting. And I certainly love nature, canoeing. I love hanging out in an Irish pub, watching a live Irish band and not necessarily drinking. I just really love good old community, all ages atmosphere and sailing. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) That's awesome. What is the best advice that you've ever received from any source, whether it be, because you too are also a real estate investor. People don't know that, but you are also in the business of real estate investing. So there's a lot of things that people don't maybe know about you. So across Mm -hmm. the board, and actually, I think I am going to hone that in a two-part question, just really quick answers for each. But one, the best piece of advice that can kind of cross over between life and also for your real estate investing. In my So the real estate investing with friends and with family, there's so much trust there. And I think in life and in relationships, I think, I think being clear up front is super, like sometimes state the obvious, even, even if it's obvious, like get it out, be clear communication. And if it's real estate investing, get it legal, get it on paper is sort of my big life lessons learned deeply and brutally. And I get to, I'm so trusting and I get to be trusting and I get to increase that trust with good, clear communication. Okay, there we go. And the last question. What's your favorite book? I don't care, nonfiction, fiction. And I know it's maybe an unfair question, but I'm asking it anyway. (laughs) Oh, that's a tough question. I, you know, I'd probably say Jonathan Livingston Siegel by Richard Bach. Oh, right. Really? I haven't read that in years, but I haven't seen it lately on my, on my Audible list. I feel like, like oh, it's coming I back. Read in years. Yeah. Yeah. We get to, as real estate community, for me, you guys remind me, I guess that's why it's coming top of mind. You guys are kind of like Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Like you're the, you're breaking wind so that people can come fly and feel their dreams and be empowered to live their lives, you know, for themselves. And that's what I'm feeling energetically with you guys. Wow. That's cool. You know what? I'm going to go, I am now going to go reread Jonathan Livingston Siegel because I remember reading it. I really liked it when I did way back when. So anyway. Thank you so very much, Tracy. This has been a wonderful conversation. Really loved it. And well, for uh, people don't know, but you moved down to part of the province where I live and where Catherine lives. So I think I get to see you in person and have coffee and wine and share stories with you in person. So I'm really blessed. Woohoo. I am blessed too. I'd like to thank you, listeners, with one last thought of just you know, no excuses. And I realize that's tough love. And I can't begin to imagine what's going on for people right now. But I know for myself, when I live a life of no excuses, I get to live a life of no limits. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how can people reach you, Tracy? Unstoppable Tracy. 
I like to joke, you know, no hands and no legs and no letter E in Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, Unstoppable Tracy. And that's my social handle. Please friend request me on LinkedIn or find my website and you'll find all my social handles there. But I'm Unstoppable Tracy everywhere. That's great. Thank you so very much. Awesome. This has been fabulous. Thank you so very much, Tracy. And you have a very similar, similar with real estate investors and your philosophies just dovetail so nicely. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, Catherine. <laughs> you know, Tracy's just such a, an amazing person and she has had challenges that most of us will never have. Thank goodness. I mean, it's not easy doing what she did. At the same time, she said how lucky she felt to be born this way because, my goodness, look at what she has done. I just, I'm just totally amazed that she knows how to sail and swim and fly a plane and ski. And, you know, I don't know how to fly, fly a plane. I don't know about you. Well, I've skied, I've swum, and I've certainly sailed. But she's done so many things. I've never jumped out of an airplane. Apparently she has. We haven't really talked about that much. But wow. She truly is unstoppable. And her, you know, her usage of the word no, what it means is N-O or K-N-O-W. And there's just so much there. I hope that people actually listen to this podcast more than once because there's so much in it. You can really go deep when you think about it, right? Absolutely. And to share it with their friends, their friends and their families. Like it's quite, it's quite inspirational. And I mean, over multi-generational with that. Now, one of the things that now we've had Tracy on our stage, she was on our tray stage back in November of 2019 when we had our full day conference and which we are looking forward to doing again. It's uh, just that little uh, interception when the world went a bit virtual, but Tracy has won so many awards. She's been on so many shows, Oprah, she, and most recently she has been on the billboard in Times Square as the 2023 Empowered Women Woman of the Year. Like, if, if, just take a look at her bio. We've got the links that will be in the show notes. But honest to goodness, just Google Tracy. What she has accomplished is a true inspiration. And it was a, an absolute delight and pleasure to have her on our podcast. Yes, it was. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Just one more thing, though. Go to the rightclub.com. Sign up if you haven't already. There's all kinds of information there for you, videos and podcasts, and it's free to sign up. We'd love to see you there and uh, get out there. Don't take a no, just make it how to know, or not even how to know, just know things. Get out there, ask questions, figure it out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.